start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's going on, guys? Uh, it's episode 122, and we got a packed house tonight, and Tom and I are going to be sharing a mic, so if it sounds goofy at any point, that'd be why. And uh, I'm going to pass it over to Tom to keep us going into this, because I'm sucking on a piece of Pez right now, and I'm just, I, I, gotta, I gotta focus. Yeah, so tonight in the studio, we do have a full house, like Frank said. Uh, I'm here, so is my brother Nick, my other brother Luke, and his friend Tyler. How's it going, guys? Glad to be here. Talk some hunting and fishing. For sure, yeah. Uh, Luke told us, and I, I've met you maybe once or twice just at the house. I know you and Luke do a lot of fishing, um, but I guess you're also into hunting, as we talked about like before the podcast. Um, but before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself, kind of tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, kind of got thrown into this whole northeastern kind of thing, uh, hunting right on the border of Pennsylvania and New York for the most part, dealing with uh, big woods bucks. Um, this year, I kind of ventured more into like the urban setting, uh, just because I'm used to that. I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, that's how I grew up hunting. Um, two, three acre pieces of woods behind a house. Um, you're getting deer movement right before dark, heading into the backyards to eat flowers, acorns, uh, whatever they can find basically. There's there's definitely a lack of corn and other <laughs> types of crop. Like you guys have a lot of that up here, so it's a mm-hmm. little bit different. I'll it's, tell you though, in some of those two and three uh, acre plots like in Pittsburgh, you see some hammer bucks. Like, I've always insane. wanted to talk to somebody that lives down there because you see pictures and like hear stories about people shooting like these 180 inch monsters right behind houses and i've never sat down and talked with anybody that's hunted around pittsburgh but i always hear every year of a couple huge bucks coming from right around there oh they're they're there (laughs) but there's definitely uh a list and within the first couple weeks if you don't get that buck that you've been after all summer he's usually gone or he's really good at hiding and that's why he's so big but i can remember going to school in the morning seven o'clock it's breaking daylight high school riding the bus just looking out the window into the yards and just seeing a massive buck standing there in someone's front yard and they're lo- they're letting the dog out in the backyard and he's sitting there with the doe just hanging out in the front yard that's crazy you just can't wait to get home and get in the stand like almost <laughs> tame at that point yep. it's like seeing is that, that elk and benazette yeah is that how they are, are they more like are they not skittish around people There's or is it certain... depending on the situation so up here you're definitely more likely to spook a deer mm-hmm. with what what you think of when you're going into the woods just unnatural noises um they're not used to human scent obviously in some mm-hmm. of these areas with more woods and less human activity but when you start to get around the houses they're more used to the noises so maybe if like you clank something on your tree stand or like i don't know um like there were certain noises that if I would be sitting in a tree stand like, oh, this little kid would get off the bus down the road. Mm-hmm. And I know the deer were about to start moving after that because 
they're sitting there like waiting for like a queue like this like yeah. this guy takes his garbage out and they move like right after that that's interesting and it's kind of crazy but it's definitely a thing so yeah that's that's wild to talk to someone with that perspective because like you said up here that is not Jeez, at all if you slow down by a field with a buck in it around here they oh, take off it's yeah. it was a learning curve for you, sure you can't like there's no such thing as like watching a deer for very like a big buck around oh, yeah. here if you slow down by that field that deer's gone i don't think like, i've ever seen a big buck just standing still like they gave me a long enough time to like actually like in a field like driving around to actually stare at it and get a good picture it's yeah. You see them, they see you, and they disappear. The, yeah. They're definitely always on their toes oh, yeah. around this area, for sure. What's, I mean, there's just so much good hunting land around here that people just fill up, and mm-hmm. so they're just a lot pretty more, used. A lot of oh, I mean, it sounds like popcorn opening day of you know <laughs> gun season. It's yeah. almost comical, actually, going outside and just hearing all the gunshots, mm-hmm. but they got to wise up to, to mm-hmm. that, I guess. So what what was your learning curve was, like going from ask. hunting like that and not having to worry about certain things and knowing that style of hunting to coming to this area where the deer are acting completely different? You know, I'd say it's basically um, just watching YouTube videos. Uh, a lot of hunting public, they're they're yeah, great. Those guys the are whole, awesome. Just getting away from the pressure, whereas like uh, you can't get away from the pressure. You go into a woodlot around Pittsburgh. And there's two or three tree stands within a hundred yards of yours. It's you just yeah. basically get in there, and you have to just know the right wind to hunt on in Pittsburgh, rather than when you come up here. Like it's you, and then who knows how far away the next guy is, and mm-hmm. you just really have to make the most of your time in the stand. And just putting down scent is definitely huge up here. Like you go in and hunt a stand three times here in the Northeast, you're not you're not going to see deer probably the next time you go out. Just from my experiences on public say, land, they catch on after the first two or three times, especially if one busts you. They always say your first hunt in a stand's the best. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But you also, I don't. I think there's another part of that where you can't sit back and not hunt a stand all season because you don't see the wind that you want or the right weather conditions, and you just have to make the most of the time that you get. Especially as like a college kid, I had to make the most of the days that I could hunt. So actually this year, the day I shot my buck, my roommate just, we were supposed to go fishing and he called me up and he's like, Hey, I can't go fishing today. So we had like an hour left of daylight. My spot was like 10 minutes away. I hopped in the truck, got in the stand and half an hour later, 74 degrees out, nine point comes walking down the tree line, making a scrape, grounded them into about 15 yards and drilled them. I I was going to say, I feel like, um, like the pressure that you put yourself like, or it's not really pressure, but like, uh. Being in college and knowing you have so much limited time, I did way better hunting when I was in college for that reason, I think, because like I was so, I only had a few days to go out. I lived You had to be in, perfect. Yeah, everything had to work out just right, and I just hunted, I think, a little bit smarter than I do now, and like I, I think I killed a buck every year of college, and then I haven't killed one in the last three. Oh, so 100%. Like, it's just like I used my time more effectively, and now like I have that mentality of, oh, I have all season. You know, I... And it, I don't hunt nearly as smart, I don't think. And you hear so many stories. Like, I remember Dad's, you know, last big nine that he shot. Well, not the uh, New York buck, but his PA buck. Um, this was probably, I don't know, close to 10 years yeah, ago now. Um, but he was having the worst day. Like, he 
climbed up his tree stand, dropped his bottle of uh, you know, sparkling berry water, hit every rock. Yeah, water. he just yeah, he thought it was just a bottle of water, but anyways, he dropped it out of his tree stand and it hit every rung of the ladder on the way down. So he had to climb all the way down, grab it, climb all the way back up. And then he opened it up like just like a normal bottle of water. Well, it was carbonated, so it exploded all over him, made a loud fizzing <laughs> noise and whatever. And then after about 15 minutes, that big nine walked in front of him. So people are, you know, like you were saying, you Tyler, like you've got to be yeah. so perfect and everything. Well, and you hear stories like that, like he's yeah. dropping shit and, you know, uh, making a bunch of noise and smelling like berry carbonated Aquafina and a big nine walks right in front of you. Like, and that was in archery season. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, whether it's you do have to be that perfect or hunt that hard or it's just kind of one of those things you tell yourself to make it interesting mm-hmm. but no, you, you definitely do i mean you can get lucky like that sometimes but oh you I'm, I'm not saying it's easy yeah like you can just go out there and make noise but um the pressure definitely does make it more difficult when those deer are hit so hard that mm-hmm. those those little mistakes that you know dropping something or making a noise are a lot more you really impactful than you know in places where like you said kids getting off the the school bus you know screaming and you know mr jones is taking out his trash and you know Mm -hmm. whatever and the deer don't really care because they hear it every day oh there were there were times on public land up here in the swamps and i'm in there and it's 15 minutes left of daylight and you get lazy after being in there for three hours and you're like you get down you're i'm not gonna see anything and so you just like you're kind of packing up, and then you just hear that deer snort that's 20 yards yeah, away. Yeah, bust right there. Crept right in through the marsh. You never heard them coming in, and you just those are the ones that you always wonder what they were. Yep, because exactly. that last fifth, like that's when it's supposed to happen, and you just got to stay on top of your game at all times, especially when hunting public land. It's like a competition against everyone else out there, and you just got to be the top dog. Yeah, you got to so, stay stay focused. I remember uh, our cousin Lexi. I don't think she's ever been on here before. Um, but she was hunting and I'm Snapchatting her, you know, as she's hunting and hey, you seen anything? And she's like, No, I haven't seen anything all day, you know, whatever. And she's snapping me back and taking pictures like, you know, little doe or whatever mm-hmm. that are in front of her and whatnot and about ten minutes goes by that, you know, she doesn't Snapchat no me back. Anymore. And it was like I mean, she was firing right back and uh I was like, Huh. You know, like maybe maybe she got on one or I don't know, maybe she's packing up and calling it early or whatever because it was, you know, getting towards dark and she Snapchatted me about, you know, 10, 15 minutes later. Just shot one, just put one down. I was like, that's <laughs> awesome. Like yeah. she was just on her phone, you know, kind of like you said. It was, she was out there for four or five hours, real cold. And, you know, she kind of started to get bored and mm-hmm. wanted to give up a little bit and started, you know, Got Snapchat lucky. and then yeah, going on Instagram or whatever, and one walked right in front of her. So, mm-hmm. hunting public land like you do up here, um, what's your setup look like? Um, to like you said, you don't hunt the same area more than three times. So, like, what are you using to do all your hunting? Like, are you a saddle guy? Or are you a tree stand guy? Like, how do you? What's your system look like? Okay, so sophomore year, um, it would have been three Lawn years chair ago. chair on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, what was that? Twenty. About 2019, uh, I started hunting up here. Freshman year, I didn't hunt much just because I played soccer at school and just didn't have any time. But uh, sophomore year, I was using a climber. 
Um, I was basically hunting on permission only land. Uh, we knocked on a couple doors that we found from scouting, but uh, my junior year is when I really uh, focused on public land because of COVID. We had more time. We were just doing online classes. I'd sit there in the tree stand Zoom, but um, I'm more of a hang and hunt guy uh, at the moment, but I've been looking at the saddles. Um, I use the Hawk, uh, what is it, the Helium, right? Yeah. The Helium steps, yeah. the little, the little yep. ones. And we have a, uh, I believe it's a gorilla tree stand, and it mm-hmm. just, I, I wish I knew the name of it, but small enough that I just throw it over my back, throw the uh, steps in my backpack. I have a couple little straps, and I kind of jimmy rigged the whole system just to be lighter and more efficient in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, basically get to the tree stand and put my harness on and work my way up. And I only use three steps. Some people think you need to get really high in the tree, but every deer I've shot, I've only been maybe 12 feet off the ground this we year. talk about that a lot on here that <laughs> yeah. we are not at all high hunters no. i have four mini sticks and that's all i you know i'm never more than 12 feet off the ground yeah i've got two step sticks that and i got four of them and that's all i ever watch use. the wind and don't move yep mm-hmm. that's exactly it i i mean i've killed deer at 10 12 foot so mm-hmm. it, oh yeah i just i feel like we always are like my thing especially for archery like your shot angle becomes trash like if you start getting up you know 20 25 foot um, I get, you know, certain situations you need it, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I don't think really hunting. You never want to be eye level with them, that's for sure. That's yeah. the one thing. If I, if I had noticed that I get up in a tree and maybe where I think they're going to be coming from is like the crest of a hill. And like, I've been busted more times when they're eye level mm-hmm. than, and like, it's almost a guarantee. Do you use an aider at all? Uh, I had an aider on. Um, I just had a little piece of PVC pipe mm-hmm. um, and a little piece of like... I don't know, maybe inch wide uh, par- diameter paracord. And I basically ran that off my bottom step. And then I'd put the piece of PVC pipe in there and I wrapped it with electrical tape so it didn't spin. Mm-hmm. And that way I could have a perfect little opening for my foot to go in. Gotcha. And that would usually get me another like two to three feet. So those are nice just for, I mean, you get a little bit more height, but they really don't add any weight. Like you said, you're trying to keep it as light right. as possible. Exactly. And like, I'm not, I obviously like, I like to keep everything as light as possible. Um, but I, I feel like it just, you're willing to go a little bit further when you're not carrying that extra weight. Like weight's not everything, but being able to add several feet to your climb without really adding any extra weight. How far, how far back do you guys usually go on public land? We don't really hunt a ton of public land, but, um, Tom and I have a camp up in like the Finger Lakes area and certain stands or like certain locations that we'll hunt are close to that mile mark from where you can park. Okay. So even though, we're not like hunting public certain areas. It's quite a hike. It's enough to, get, to work up a good sweat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get cold um, real quick. I mean, I know like the biggest deer that's been killed on that farm was three quarters of a mile from the truck. There you go. Like, so, I mean, you do, you got to move. <clears throat> yeah. Where we used to hunt out in Nebraska, it, the, my favorite spot that we always hunted was from where we could park it because it was a big chunk of public land, but it was kind of surrounded by private and there was like one spot to get into this and then it wrapped behind all of that so you had the one spot was like a two mile walk i was usually about a mile and a half in so anytime you can save a little bit of weight on those long walks like you said you get you're trucking in there first thing in the morning you work up a sweat and then you're freezing in 10 minutes stepping on tree branches yeah when when we did ohio though um we would just like scout with our stands on our back and Mm -hmm. we might i mean you might only be you know half a mile or a mile from the truck but you put three or four miles and just walking like, around. Yeah, because we'd never been on that property before, right. so we're just kind of hiking. And that's the right way to do it. Having a light mm-hmm. setup makes it 
but yeah, way easier. Yep. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. I I can't relate to you know the hunting aspect of it, but because I you know mainly fishing, but mm-hmm. uh, same thing. Uh, when I'm ice fishing, the lighter I can pack, you know, if I yeah, you know you pack real hut. heavy, <laughs> I set everything up. You know, I have my auger, my hut, you know, a bunch of chairs, my heater, a cooler, and you know everything. Thank you. If I set up, yeah, um, <laughs> That's uh, it's I, I don't want to move if I pack too heavy. If I don't, you know, have mm-hmm. other guys to help me. So even if you're it, not on fish, you're oh like, yeah, oh, I don't want to tear all this down. I'm just gonna stay here. But you know, I've learned when I go by myself. You know, I invested in some good equipment, some lightweight gear, and you know, I'll go out and I'll move around all day because it's not you know not painful and your success mm-hmm. rate is a lot higher obviously yeah you know if you're able to move around and go to where the fish are and i'm assuming it's the same thing as you know deer hunting mm-hmm. whether you only want to walk in the you know woods 100 yards because you're dead from carrying your tree stand uh, might not have the most luck yeah if you're looking um to go towards like a saddle um trophy line makes pretty nice stuff and okay pretty reasonable um, I've been using a trophy line saddle for a couple of years. Like I, I'm like, I go like hybrid. Like I'll use a saddle for some situations, lock ons for other, just because, right. um, well, if you're hunting like, private land and you can put a lock on, on, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know like at the same be. time, I'll be honest with you. Um, the more I hunt out of a saddle, the more comfortable I realize they are. Um, my only issue is I feel like I move too much in a saddle. Cause like, instead of like when I'm a sitter, when it comes to like my hang ons, um, I can sit there for hours without moving. When I'm in a saddle, I've got like that one pivot point and I feel like I'm swinging back and forth. Constantly. Like just, it's like uh, subconsciously, you know, like I'll, I'm just, just impatiently you know, waiting. Yeah, you're, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. you're impatiently waiting, but I'm like swinging back and forth versus just sitting. Gotcha. Um, but they are super comfortable. I'll definitely so. look into that. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would take some advice from, I don't think I know anyone that buys and sells tree stands faster than <laughs> oh, Nick I've until I've it's, seen it. it's, yeah. it's aggressive, Yeah. <laughs> but I, when he finds a good one, you know, that's, when, that's what it takes. He won't, if he has buys one and doesn't like it, he's selling it and buying another one until mm-hmm. he finds that one. So he, he's definitely a yeah. good guy to talk to and take just, some advice I, on I like gear and, and I being just, comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I why not? So if you're you know, a big, if you're, big gear guy, what, what about a camera arm? Lone Wolf Custom Gear Pocket Arm. Yeah. You can't beat it. It's no, tiny. If you're, if I'm you're in the trying, market. If you're trying <laughs> to keep it compact and lightweight. Lightweight. That, well, you can't Custom Gear it. Pocket Arm is by far the best. And oh. I, would, I pair it with a uh, pistol grip. Okay. Camera head. And all, oh. like, I mean, it's literally. We've put my Sony a7 III with a 300 millimeter lens, a uh, road shotgun mic, extra batteries, everything. Like, just, I mean, a beast of a camera and that thing just hangs on and it's awesome it's got a little gear hook on the bottom of it i mean they're expensive but i've learned at least get what you want like if you can't afford it now save up for it and get it because if you buy the one that's you know that you save 75 bucks on or something eventually you're going to want that one and you're going to be stuck with three and it's i've just been upgrading (laughs) and upgrading i think i'm ready to just if you're looking for put some real money into it and get yeah. the one you want, so, yeah. Be done I guess with it, it. It, it depends on what you're looking for out of it. If you're looking for this like um, outdoor channel, like production quality, you probably want like a fourth arrow that's um, like hard mounted to the tree, right. pretty much. But you're carrying around ten pounds, and it's ridiculous. It's not the, my style. It doesn't po- fit my yeah. style. Yeah, if you're looking to Wait. just like film your hunts, and I mean, I run that pocket arm with like a pistol grip 
head and uh, a Canon HG50. So it does like 4K, has 20 time optical zoom. And it handles that thing perfectly. And I took some really cool videos this year with that. Mm-hmm. I can show you after the podcast. I got um, Tom's buck. I filmed we even did a, a review on the pocket arm, week. didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, we I, shot I, have, a I watched. Video. I definitely yeah. watched it on and, YouTube. And yeah. in the video, I mean, we take it off the tree, and Nick throws. Oh, it's in his tiny. Back, he throws it yeah. in his back pocket, yeah. and we leave. Like it's. So if you're going for that aspect of lightweight hunting, and there's that, even that, guys, that's it. Um, I'm seeing now that are buying that camera arm and they're taking one arm off, so it's just like a two arm deal. I like that. Um, mm. So I mean, just just to break it down, even smaller. I messed around with that a little bit on those uh, those small muddy Shirt arms, those cheap arm. ones. They're yeah. like fifty bucks. Back mm. when I was in high school, I used to sell film a lot, and I took one apart and I took one of the arms off, like you're saying. Mm. But yeah, I see you guys doing that with the pocket arm. They're just not made to last. No, I mean these. You get what you pay for. I mean this thing is hundred percent. Get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah they're water jet cut out of aluminum. They're um, and then anodized, like they're pretty much indestructible. And then, like I said, they have a little gear hook on the bottom. So what's cool for that is I set everything up. I hang my backpack off that. I don't have any extra screw ins, especially on public. You're not supposed to use screw in stuff. Right. So it literally just straps to the tree, and then just hang your backpack off it. You're good to go. Yeah, and it and it's one of those things where. The first time you might lock it to a tree, you're kind of like, oh, man, like this is kind of... But once you do it two or three times, I mean, mm-hmm. it locks in quick, Tight. fast, it, it, it's solid. You do it like a tree stand, like um, like you cam lock it to the tree pretty much. Rat- like you, it, you, It's you, not a ratchet, is it? No, it's no. a cam strap. So it's quiet. You, yeah, do you use yep. cam straps or... Um, I do on my steps, not on my tree stand, just because okay. I feel more safe with the yeah, ratchet. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I still I, I actually can. put two even even though the noise I yeah. always put one on and then I put another one on right by the seat. Just mm-hmm. to, yeah, see, I always I mean I I use one strap on the, I use like one cam a, strap just below the seat. Gotta, yeah, I do the same. You got a one no, strap it, man. <laughs> I would no strap it. I would no strap yeah, it if it was possible. I've done it, but it's just a little. You're sitting up there, and the whole time you're thinking about it. I'd, yeah, if I'm sitting there mean. all day, I'm putting two on, and I'm just being comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're especially if you're gonna be there all day. Yeah. But for like basically, all you do is you take that cam strap, pull it tight, and then you just like kind of angle it up and push it down. Right. And then there's like the leveling knob that you just screw into the tree. There's a level that's embedded right in the top, so you can just screw Mess it with in that a little bit. Well, you just yeah, screw it yeah. until it's level, and then you're done. Like it, it locks. So I mean, I'll show it to you at the house the next time you're over. Okay. Um, you you got a uh, was it WLD Outdoors? You're YouTube channel? Yeah, I guess yeah, we, what, we can get back on well, topic a little well, bit. Yeah, I mean, we got a little, <laughs> a little bit off, but what I'm saying is all of that was just shot on, you know. I I had what? a Canon Vixia, what is it? HG50? No, no, less. Oh, less. Okay. Like, oh your, your camera? Yeah. Oh, the, dude, the, I've watched The first one him, with the microphone. The, the first one that was... Oh, yeah, man, but it's the first that, one that had a microphone input available. I think you, it was like 200 bucks. You put that camera through hell, dude. But you know what? I've filmed a lot on that camera, and it's done me well. I can't uh, complain. That, it, it might not be the best picture quality, but I tell you what, one of I'm never worried about it. Um, oh yeah, I mean it's bulletproof. Like the video quality is, I mean obviously it's like important, but at the same time, one of my favorite YouTube channels to watch is uh, Hunting Beast. Ted okay. Nugent. And, oh, oh no. it's just home video. It's <laughs> I mean, the best. You, are you familiar with? Oh yeah, Dan and Falls Hunting oh, yeah. Beast. Yeah. So he, what were we his watching? Shit is, um, 
that was an old one. That was uh, Kirshner, Bob oh, Kirshner from like the the seventies or eighties, dude. Like I'm talking, talking like hundred eighty, hundred eighty p, dude. Like horrible. Nice. Like all of Dan Infold's stuff is filmed on like the the camera mom used to film our wrestling matches on. And <laughs> but like, like if you know what you're doing and you awesome. have good content, that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. exactly. His content's amazing. Content over and quality. The dude like, kills quality like of absolute video. giants on you know public. In the swamps, like no one wants to sit there and watch you talk for an hour and not see a deer. That's like I have a hard time. Like I have a bunch of video edited for like Tom's, and but there's like no commentary whatsoever. It is literally like a two minute clip of like the deer coming in. Tom shoots it, and then like an intro on front of that. Like, well, that's you got it. <laughs> you almost. I like. It's I like, don't know if those videos that we watch are on high fence areas where you can talk or all that all films B-roll. taken. After B-roll. they yeah, actually shot it. the deer, I know, so I mean, me personally, like, we're not, trying to get like, me. yeah, we're trying to get authentic footage. That's why and... I can't publish half of it because I say fuck too many times. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Beep. That's literally like, every. Beep, beep, beep. Like, yeah, mom's like, hey, I want to see that video. Uh, oh wow, the audio must not be working. Sorry, mom. Yeah, it's, all, it's just I don't know, like it, it's just like raw motion. I mean, you I'm, every time you shoot a bucket, you just go nuts. Oh, I had and, a, oh, you got to edit it out. There's I certain. A, I mean. Not too. You want to leave the main parts in there, but the parts that yeah, you can't yeah. be like. Most of my footage is pretty authentic and just unedited. Well, Tom forgot I was even filming him when he shot his buck, like because we had, I've never filmed with Tom before, and he like totally like. It, if you look at like the whole footage together, all of a sudden Tom's like, "Oh my god! Oh, I forgot you were recording. I didn't even like I had the camera pointed right at him. He had no idea." Yeah. So has your has your hunting experience changed at all since you started filming? Um, in terms of like maybe ruining a hunt or maybe so after you shoot a buck just like like you're saying like just turning around and having to know that you have to talk to the camera so for me i don't know if i've just gotten lucky or not but probably i would say it would have been 2016 or 2017 was the first year i decided i wanted to film and i had i went like for the first i had a gopro and i first time i went out i was at my buddy's house it was opening night and I shot a buck with, filmed it with my GoPro and brought it back. And I was like so disappointed because I couldn't see shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like you've ever used a GoPro to oh. try and film anything more than three feet away. Yeah, they suck. That's how I like, started. So I started with that and it was like one of the, it was like that little cube GoPro, the one that was oh, like. The mine, Hero... I had a Hero 3 Plus no, was, when I filmed was, that buck. That's like a session or I don't yeah, know. The, yeah, I think it was called a session. The yeah. little cube. Hero session or something like that. It was like the little cube and it was like all you had to do is hit the button one time and it was automatically recording. Yep. But so I got back to camp and you could like barely see the hunt. It's this little like, brown thing out yeah. there. Yeah, so I was like so discouraged. <laughs> when you shoot, it goes whoop, and you can't see anything for yep. about thirty seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, that got me really discouraged. I didn't have any money because I was in college, so like I couldn't buy a camera. So I was like, I kind of just put it down after that. I had like that one video, and then last would have been like last turkey season. I decided to start filming, and Tom and I go out. That was a good video. Yeah, Tom and I go out. Two days in a row, double down. When's that coming out? I don't know. That one probably won't because there's too much color. <laughs> oh, the, yes. that, that's one that uh, you need to mute the audio. No. There was uh, so, some some live feelings going on there. Yeah, I had been in the hospital for like a week before this. Like when I was out, I was out of the hospital for less than 24 hours or less than 48 hours. Sorry, um, killed like limited out in New York. Brothers was, on yeah. property with a cabin they built, like just and there was high emotions. Was back in the hospital right after, like yeah. <laughs> so all that, and then this hunting season um, was like the first year I like 
had a camera with me every time I went in the woods. I had my camera unless it was pouring rain. Um, and I don't think it messed me up at all. Opening morning, I filmed a really shitty film of a stud up at our property. Um, I, cause I, I personally like, I would rather kill the deer than get it on film at this point in my life. So I was like, I had my camera, um, on cause there was like a doe coming through. And then I like look up and like behind the doe way up there, I see this stud and I like audibly was like, Oh shit. Cause like, I, like, it, I don't know. It just shocked me and I didn't touch the camera whatsoever. So like I have this tiny little blurry footage of him up in the top corner and that's it. But then I got a doe on camera and Tom's buck. It's like, it's definitely a process. It's definitely a challenge because like what I do anyway is I keep the camera pretty much zoomed out all the way because most of my archery stands, my shots are inside 20 yards. Like that's just the way I set them up. Keeping it zoomed out. So I keep it all the way zoomed out and the camera is always pointing where I expect the shot to be. So like that's just, that's what works for me. So as soon as I hear something, I can just lean over, turn it on and just get ready. Like the doe, I didn't really care. Like if I screwed up a doe, so like I did try. Like once I heard her coming, I turned the camera on, and I didn't even grab my bow until she was within 15 yards. Like just because I was like trying to film her, and then I was like, okay, I got an opportunity. I left the camera where I figured the shot was gonna end up. Grabbed the bow and was able to get her like perfect. But um, if a buck comes through, I'm not playing that game. So I just, I don't know. It definitely adds. Whole other so aspect. so buck first camera second oh <laughs> buck first oh, until yeah. until you start you know hanging I think a some ton days of them is different wall. Yeah, it, it depends I, on the day I feel like if you're yeah. in a filming mood it's camera like for me that's what I found yeah I get, I try and get my I feel like a camera helps you um, stay calm well stay calm and not shoot a buck that you might shoot some other time like if there's like a buck on the line I think for me. I had a lot of fun this year filming a buck. Like I, I passed up probably that one buck in New York. I don't know. He was probably like a 16 inch white eight. Um, and but he was nice and tall. He was, yeah, it was, it was a, a, it was a nice buck. Yeah. And it was a borderline, you know, it was right there, right on the line. And instead of shooting him, I was able to just film him for several minutes. I have him it's like, like shooting him. It, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had him inside 10 yards. Perfect. I mean like beautiful 4k footage of this buck and if you didn't have the I, camera, if I didn't have a camera, I may have shot him just because, <laughs> yeah. like, I wanted to be able to like get a hold of him or whatever. But I got a really good look at him with the camera, and that was enough for me. It was kind of like taking the edge off. I'll back that. So yeah, yeah. that I think helps a lot. Oh yeah. Um, and sometimes afterwards, like showing your buddies like the video, like is just enough. Like I'm showing you here. I easily that I could have shot yeah. this deer. Oh, I, I could be in the yeah. bed of the truck right like, now if I wanted. Because you hear a lot of people like, "Oh, I passed up this buck. I passed up this buck." But to have the video and say like, "Hey, oh, look, I, I the, shot this video of this deer." You, yeah. there's no I have, BS I'm here. Him, you know, he comes into like a food pot that I was probably 80 yards away from. I have footage of him coming into that, hitting a little scrape, and then coming right down the trail to me, cutting in front like 10 yards, and it was good enough for me just to film it. Just oh, yeah. as good as shooting them. Right? Yeah. I mean, if it's a big buck, I wouldn't say that. But for the most, yeah. like for a buck that's like borderline, oh, yeah. I felt totally content. Like you know what? That's as cool as it gets for me. I got really cool footage of it, and it makes cool B roll. Oh, yeah. And so I just like kind of tuck that film in the back. So if I need like intro video or something, I have like really good yep. footage of a buck. Right. Yeah, for B roll, like yeah, like right in uh, the beginning, or even for like the picture, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. at the, you know, cops called. You know, neighbors. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> 
I have a video. You're funny like that. enough. You have a cop's he, called video? He was fishing. I have a cop chase and video. He was fishing, and this dude falls off a cliff. He didn't fall. He, well, he jumped off a cliff. My buddy Brian yeah, and I are standing, we're standing there fishing. And then we'll and get back to hunting public land. We just we just got to this spot. I'm not going to spot burn anywhere, but it was oh, loaded man. with fish that day. Um, he, he gets hooked up to a fish. He's fighting it. And I, I look up on the hill, and this guy, he's in a Canadian tuxedo. He jumps about... <laughs> I don't know, probably like 14-foot cliff into about three foot of freezing cold water, uh, barely not frozen, so basically January. He gets up out of the water, starts walking up the bank. I asked him if he was all right. He he was like, yes, I'm fine, and then he starts to (laughs) gallop a little bit while he's tripping over his jeans. His pants are falling down. There's a hole in the fence, but he decides that he wants to go up the creek a little bit more and try and hop over the fence, and then by the time he got made to the fence, like another 10 yards uh, I turned around and there was a cop up on the hill, a state police uh, cop behind me, and she's yelling at him. She's like, "Hey, like stay right there!" And all of a sudden, you hear, "I'm giving up! I'm giving up!" And he puts his hands up in the air, and within I don't know, 30 seconds, there were six or seven cop cars. Brian ends up landing the fish. We're standing there videotaping. <laughs> the so it's just, funny. it's just one. Of, we'll have to watch it. it, but it's it's just one of those things that we just had the camera rolling, and it's just like he's well, holding what are the steelhead. That's Looking what I at love the about cops. filming is you catch crazy shit like that sometimes. It, I mean, it definitely it didn't was... get the views that it could have. <laughs> oh, it was but so it was fun. I had to post it just oh, if yeah. you know John B posted and, yeah, that. Oh, oh that's my viral oh, this could be yeah. That's his top top viewed video yeah. right there. I mean we that's got the hilarious. whole we got the arrest, we got everything. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. This dude's getting arrested. He was running from the cops. Yeah. Well he there's a courthouse right there. He must have broke out and just uh, yeah, zoom. I, don't, I don't know what it was. Brian's holding this steel head like Eyes, you know, wide open, looking Fish at the did camera. Go back, all right. Look, yeah, it, it did. He it did was release out for a good, good a while, bit. <laughs> a little longer than probably. But I mean, there's a dude running from the cops and like six cop cars. You kind of lose focus on, you know, your fish. But it was, it was hilarious. But oh yeah, what, what's been your experience like self filming in the woods? Like, what? How do you feel it's affected your hunting? Um, like like self filming. I, I I uh, mostly self film. Yeah. Um. I'll film like my buddies after I shoot my buck, or because you sh- filmed Brian a well, couple times. I usually get I give him the green light first, usually, and then once I he, he gets his couple hunts he in, blew I, a couple opportunities, and you were like, we, That's "Let's it. not talk about that. He might watch this." <laughs> That's all right, Brian. If you're out but, there, yes, yeah, so you're, you're you so tried. The, the buck did drop. It did, it ducked his there. Probably one of the bigger bucks I would have ever had a chance at. I didn't have my bow in the stand. Um, we waited till the first cold front of the year up here in, uh, can I say names of places or like towns? Or you can do whatever you want. To. I mean, it's, it's, up, yeah, to you. it's up to you. Okay, so Erie. Like, yeah. we're hunting up in Erie, so it doesn't really matter. So it's it's pretty broad. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty broad. I'm just giving people an idea of where we're working yeah. with. Yeah, we usually just like kind of That's generalize general. it to right. north, Northwest PA. Okay, North. yeah. I keep saying Northeast just because, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's even where you are. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that kind of throws people off because they think like northeast, North- like end of Pennsylvania. Yeah. But all right, town. so we're we're <laughs> heading up here. The north- northeast end of the northwest point of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Northwestern PA, two knuckleheads are driving around, knocking on doors, trying to find permission. We get this really good spot. We're like, all right, we're gonna wait till the first cold front, get in there. One night we go in, um, get set up. Within twenty minutes, I mean, we still had two and a half hours, three hours till it got dark, and like. Like I said earlier, really just like it's it's luck half the time. This deer, mm-hmm. this mature buck's coming in, probably three and a half, four and a half years old, just big old body. Didn't have 
quite the rack that like you'd picture on a big buck but he had the double patch on the front Ooh. we had trail cam pictures of him i mean i was shaking just as bad as he like he probably <laughs> didn't even know what was ha- like yeah. what the relevance of or how like good of an opportunity this was so this deer comes walking by at like 35 yards he goes out checks a scrape in the field and i knew there's a bunch of houses so he wasn't going to keep he had to turn around and come back so on the way back i grunted at him a couple times he ends up coming like maybe seven yards closer told him he used his 30 yard pin um if there's anything that i could have done to change the situation maybe just told him to slow down a little bit and uh I mean, the deer you said was, he used his thirty yard pin at seven yards. No, twenty eight. It was like twenty eight. Oh, oh, seven, seven yards, yards closer. closer. Okay, I it was, came by at like thirty. I was like, like well, yeah. I, figured, I think I figured out what you screwed up on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't it. Okay, but right, now that I got so he you. comes in and he's standing there broadside. But the, the one takeaway I have is if a deer is standing there looking at you, mature buck, they've been shot at before, most likely, yeah. and especially sure, in this area. Sure enough, he just. I mean, you, it, I couldn't even. It was like doing the limbo. He yeah. ducked under that arrow. He he scraped his back, but like it was just fur on the I've arrow. We if you watched watch, it. If you watch the video, I, like, I, yeah, you can tell his shot placement was like more spot than, on. More I mean, it was the, spot on. More than like, the body of the. Deer. It wasn't that he, you know, all oh, that shot was a little high, and the deer, like his There's shot was spot on, YouTube on of and guy, it just it um, just ducked. He shows like how to shoot at bucks that are looking at you. And he, what he does is he like has the video, and it's um, he draws like a line on the top and the bottom of the body. And then he shows like where he shoots, and it's usually like right at the bottom line. And then he plays the video in slow motion, and you can see how far the deer's body drops. And then he shows like the two lines again, and basically like he'll hit like right in like the sweet spot by aiming pretty much at the belly of the not at the belly, nope. but like the lower body line, and just it ducks right into but it. What about when that deer doesn't business, drop? Yeah, I, yeah say, I wouldn't. Play that well, game. So you his, almost his, want to hit bottom his, of the lung so, and hope that if it um, does drop, you catch the top of it. His th- now, this is coming from a guy that's probably shot a lot of bucks over 140, but his theory is, you know, I'm either going to kill it or miss. Okay. Like, yeah. There's no wounding that's going to go on that, like, that's like awesome. Luke saying, yeah. like, okay, aim lower lung. What if you spine this thing? Or right. you know, it's not ideal. So his theory is basically, it's either going to be like a center pin punched it, it's over. Or I'm gonna miss. I like that. Um, yeah, I like but, your idea better though. Just being patient. If he's looking at you, just give him a minute. Let him we calm stopped, down. We stopped him. That was the thing. Yeah. And see, that's I. I argue with myself all the time on whether I like if I stop an animal or not, and it's situational. Like the doe I shot this year, I shot her while she was moving. Didn't ever let her know I was there. Um, but Tom's let him stop, and then you had the, he had the same problem. Like it was alerted the deer twice. I had a deer just like thirty yards, and. Both times stopped the deer. They were looking at me, shot, and they ducked. I don't so, think anything's ducking your new bow, think, though. No, yeah. <laughs> White Taylor, like, quick. That thing's like shooting a I, rifle. I think. Though. I think if you alert a buck, they're gonna duck your arrow, um, or at least attempt to. Yeah, and even if if you look, um, if you watch slow motion footage of a deer taking off, like from that point, a deer always like loads itself before it takes off. Like every animal is a little bit different, but a whitetail always that's what hunkers, that drop is hunkers it's down, pushing off. Yeah, yeah they like don't know an arrow's yeah, coming at right. them. They're not like, oh, I need to get away right. from this arrow. Right. They're loading up their legs to take right. off. So it's, I think, you're better. They're almost always going to duck, even if you hit, um, or even if you shoot a deer that's like that doesn't know you're coming. If you watch your video in slow motion, that deer always drops before it takes off. 
Like if it's stopped when you shoot, it's always going to lower itself, load its back legs, and then take off. So his theory like that is it's going to drop, and if it doesn't, I'm going to miss. I like that. So I like that. But well, I, I feel the same way. I don't know if I had like a monster buck in front of me. I don't know how I would feel about letting my arrow go without the pain aiming. being on. Yep. It. Like, <laughs> yeah, Especially at 40 yards whenever yeah. you're already aiming like a little bit See, higher. I won't shoot 40 well, yards I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying oh, in that yeah. situation, at 20 yards, my I know my bow's going to get there before that deer even mm-hmm. has a chance yeah. to. I won't – I. I learned my lesson the hard way for uh, sophomore year. I hit a bucket like 30 yards and didn't end up finding him. We tracked him for like two miles. I don't think it was a lethal hit. Mm-hmm. It would probably been my biggest buck. We had like a foot and a half of snow. It was, it was an awesome morning. He came in chasing two does and just I learned it the hard way. Yeah, I my farthest, I did kill a bucket 35 yards, but I hit really high and hit his spine. I got lucky. It's not obviously not ideal, um, but since then I've all my stands are set up for 15, 20 yard shots. So I mm-hmm. basically don't need to worry. I just if, it, if it's in range, I like or if I can see it, like I know it's in range. And I mean, I can, you watch all these guys on YouTube, and like half the time they're taking shots at 35, 40. Like some of these videos, you see oh 145 inch deer. You watch the whole thing. It gets to the shot. The deer's walking away, and they just take a shot at it, and like mm-hmm. they do. Like usually end up. It works it. out in the end, but like still. you've seen them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's no just doubt. like where did he and he hits him in like that the artery in the back mm-hmm. of the gut. Like what's that artery? The uh, thoracic or yeah, or, uh, no, all it's, it's like in the guts, like right in the middle. Yeah, I'm um, not sure what it's called, but I, I know like the femoral runs all the way back. No, femoral no, it's like, leg. Well, they've hit that too, but <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen I've seen deer, you know, only go. And they're 15, like, oh, 20 he drops right there, and then they like don't show you like the shot or anything, and it's like, well, nice. I know Nick. I've seen Nick practicing in the yard, you know, over, you know, 60 yards just to... I go out to oh, but court. when you come yeah, back to I mean, 20, I've you're just... Seen, it's well, like yeah, throwing he's, darts. He's mm-hmm. standing, I'm like, you know, his arrow's lobbing, and obviously he's never going to take a shot that far. Uh, but, I shoot regularly at 100 yards yeah. over the summertime. Just, and, oh, it's fun. But it's good when, practice. But you come in to When those deer are 15, and, 20 yards, they look like freaking Boom. ginormous you can't miss. even if i shoot 100 yards say i throw a dozen arrows at 100 yards even if i step into 60 i'm throwing like snuff cans like mm-hmm. three arrows in the snuff can at 60 yards are you going oh, out yeah. west anytime soon i want to i just there you go yeah because if, if i'm hunting muleys or something i have to be able to shoot 70 80 yards right um because like but muleys don't like if you watch slow motion footage of a muley Versus a whitetail, they they load up totally different, which is crazy to me that they're both deer, but uh, elk, moose, whitetail, mule deer, antelope, they all load they different load. before they take off, and I don't I don't know why it is, but it's I can't remember who I was listening to. It was another podcast. There was a a guy that's been hunting a really long time explained it, and I I watched like videos of it, and it's hundred percent true. They all react different, and you have to almost play that into effect if you're shooting long distance. But back on topic about the whole camera arm thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, that was just Everything's like, that was topic. more or less a time whenever I wished that I necessarily wasn't filming and I was the hunter. But uh, another time was uh, last year, uh, the same day that I actually shot my buck. Um, it was probably one of my best days ever in the woods. I had like four bucks come in all at the same time. I got some great footage of them. But the problem was that they already knew I was there, and the only reason they were still there was because I had a hot doe that was hanging out at like 50 yards, and they mm-hmm. they kept looking at me. But my my thing was that I the morning went by, I'd seen my what like 10 deer or whatever, and I kind of got a little discouraged, and I was eating lunch, and I was like, well, I better fix my camera arm, and sure enough, I'm fixing my camera arm, and I just hear, 
like right behind me, like coming mm-hmm. right down the trail. They were going to walk right under me. The doe was coming. There was, th- I look up and there's just three racks standing there. They're all looking at me. <laughs> and I, there's the one he had to be like a 130, 140 class eight point. Damn. And, yeah. And that definitely, the camera arm crushed me there. Yeah. But that wasn't even like you, that wasn't a filming thing. Cause a lot of people run into stuff where they're trying to get the, camera in the right spot while they're filming you were just kind of messing with it because something was up you know it's just i actually so they kind of went on up over the hill and maybe an hour went by and i mean that was i have probably the best footage i have is from that day Mm -hmm. and they're just running in circles at one point there had to have been six different bucks up there a bunch of little bucks like spikes four Mm -hmm. points but there were a couple shooter bucks in there and Mm -hmm. so i'm watching them run around and all of a sudden you just hear one coming down behind me so I turned around, I grabbed my bow, and I, the camera arm was all screwed up because I was filming them. And yeah. Turned, so what happened was he comes in, and the whole time I'm filming, I got my bow in my left hand. I'm, I'm not really like paying attention to what's going on. He's swinging around. I grab my grunt call. I, I have my grunt call in my hand, my bow in my hand, and I'm trying to film all at the same time. <laughs> so I end up grunting this buck in, and he turns, and he starts coming to me, and my camera arm is in front of me. My harness is looped around me. I was just like all miscombined. Oh, yeah, there was like I was like, okay, well, now I'm like really screwed. So I basically just kind of like got the camera armed where I thought he was gonna go, and you can kind of I had like pretty good footage of him, and you've seen the video. Yeah. And I, I basically said, forget the camera arm, and I kind of reached out over, and when I shoot the buck, you can hear my my uh, limb on my bow actually hits the camera arm because I was mm-hmm. reaching oh. out over top, of over it. top. So like it was not i mean it was a risky shot but he was only 15 yards Mm -hmm. and it was one of those moments where i was just like screw the camera arm Mm -hmm. this is it i had like three four days left in the season Mm -hmm. my my theory on it like with the camera arm and everything um is if you if you put the camera first and you don't get the buck it's not nearly as cool as if you get it and then just explain in your video like hey you like you can kind of like walk people through what happened right. off camera right. versus it's the same thing as you, telling a deer story back at the barn you know huh? you, it's the same thing as telling a deer yeah. story except back you have at the audio barn. from yeah you, it's like yeah, yeah. Like, like the one major thing in that video is you hear the oh, that pop yeah, the, and that was the, the one swag. like i he didn't really go he only went 50 yards 60 yards from the base of my tree but i didn't see him fall down and i didn't hear him mm-hmm. but after like listening to the video i just heard you could oh, hear, you that, hear that and i was Blah. like that's long all day mm-hmm yeah that's, that's, that's Tommy's Re- video. Was well, that reminds me. I think that's cool. a huge part of filming yeah. is having like I know like especially like for like younger kids like you get so excited like I know mm-hmm. I did and I think I was You're 16 like, years old <laughs> and I shot like at that point it was my biggest buck it was like a nine point and I had to go back and watch the video because I forgot where the deer was like I was so in the moment mm-hmm. I forgot where the deer was standing mm-hmm. and that stuff that like I look for now didn't see where it was going back, yeah. and I was able to go back and look at the footage and like show people and they're like oh that deer's dead mm-hmm. yeah rather than sitting there wondering like well, you kind of yeah. like when you're that you black out like, yeah honestly like <laughs> and that's a good thing yeah if you're if you're not if you're not feeling that then you well, should be hunting Tom I think out of everyone sitting at this table Tom gets the biggest buck fever and like. We we joke with them and everything, but it why like that's I mean I I get so excited for fishing. If I know I got a big fishing trip in the morning, I sleep, sleep like garbage yep. the night before. I mm-hmm. stay up you know hours and hours, and you know people are like, how are you you know doing like how how can't you go to bed like? And we joke with Tom like, but that's why we're out there because yeah, we love it uncontrollably with a doe coming in. Oh, and he's not even going to shoot it. Yeah, just because he lives for like it's just. 
if you're if you're not excited, like the people who just want to put on the big front that you know mm-hmm. I do this all the time, like it's no yeah. big deal, like okay, well, why are you out there then? If it's yeah. not fun and enjoying to you, like, what are you doing it for? Like, yeah. I love it. Yeah, with that filming, with the, um, like, seeing your shot, that helped me a lot this year with my doe. Because, like, I've been really fortunate where most of the deer I've shot, I have watched fall. This doe I shot, I was in this real small food plot that's surrounded by super thick brush. And as soon as I shot her, she was gone in, like, a half, like, gone. Yeah. And so I was all, like, super excited, but I was, like, what just happened? Like I couldn't like you start like, because I didn't watch her fall over. I'm like second guessing second what, I, guess. what I saw. And, that, and then like, you're looking I'm in like, the wrong place. I'm like, Oh, you know, maybe I was a little far back and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, but, but she was quartered away. Like I was just couldn't, couldn't settle myself. So I go back to the camera, slow it down. And I'm like, I'm still in my stand. Like, I don't even think I had texted uh, Tom or Frank that I shot one. I'm like watching the film and I'm like, okay, like watching it back. I'm like, that's a dead deer, hundred percent. I can mm-hmm. watch that. Yeah. Showed it to Frank when we got when he got to the uh, barn, and he's like, "Oh yeah, dead deer." Yeah, no, there's no question. He smoked it. But it was like she was quartering away. Like I did, if you're if it was broadside, I hit far back. But because she was quartering so hard, walking away from me, I went in like between the second and third rib from the back and sliced liver in both lungs. So like it looked like on camera because. I don't know if you notice this, this. I'm kind of like going a few different directions with this. But, um, your camera, you. your camera's not shooting the same angle. Same angle. Your eyes see. Yep. So the camera makes it look like she's broadside, but from me, she's quartering away pretty hard. So like the video almost. I looks never, like, I never put that into perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. you think that like it's like a POV. You know, like you're wearing a coat, like a GoPro. No, that camera's for like four foot from where. Yeah, that's it's like someone sitting next to you and you yeah. can't see the deer because it's behind a tree for them. Same yeah. idea. It's like watching a like a baseball game where you're watching a pitch. Well, you're not actually well, standing behind buck, the catcher. Mm-hmm. You know? I had a buck in New York this year that I, I came to full draw on, and the camera makes it look like I've got a perfect broadside shot. Like, why didn't I take that shot? But um, wish you would have been where the camera was. If I was <laughs> cam- exactly, if yeah. I was sitting in the camera, I would have been money. Yeah. But I basically like I took a picture from my stand right where I was just so I could explain it to Tom when I got back to camp. Like, <laughs> he'd be like, like this, you idiot. Yeah, I was you like, this camera shot. doesn't show what yeah. I was seeing. So, Like you were saying, the one you shot, like, I don't think it gets much better than hitting three out of four vitals. You know what I mean? No, to, no. Like, I mean, I'd, maybe. She, has, do you, is it possible? Has anyone hit I've all? Done it. You've hit all four vitals. Yep. Liver, heart, both lungs. Absolutely. Archery or rifle? Archery. How? <laughs> Quartering away the rage two blade broadhead. That'll do it. Just kind of moving rage. around. Did he get a pass through, or did it get stuck inside and just oh, it work its way around? See, well, Tom still went like a hundred yards, but it was like straight Tom. downhill into the bottom of a ravine. Just a death Tom, run. Tommy's yeah. bow, it it slings him down. It's just a gets. it's a it's a compound crossbow, if you will. <laughs> this thing's it's disgusting. A, it's a prime G five, but it, it's it's a pretty pretty fast bow. But um, no, it's just like my her the doe I shot. She didn't. The, I didn't get a pass through, and there wasn't a ton of blood. So like that was part of it. I was like worried. Like I don't. There's not a whole lot of blood, but I just kept telling myself like you watch the video over. It's she's dead. Yeah. And then we went probably like 70 yards, and then she pulled the arrow out. Like now how do they do they bite it out, or they do they might. hit yeah. it off of trees, or what no, do they do? No, because it was do? like spit and shit. 
on okay. the She must have like bit it or something to pull it out, and she went like ten yards after that. Like that, she pulled it out, and it just opened everything up, and it was over. It's so impressive. The oh, they're tough animals. The toughness, yeah. It's it, of I mean, you hit you hit one or two lung. I mean, one lung them, you might not find them. Like. You, you even sometimes if people. If all you hit is one lung, I tell you, you won't find it. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes you double lung them. I'm, I'll tell you what. If an arrow gets thrown through my rib cage into one of my lungs, I'm, I'm gonna be right where you shot you me. Better like, hope you have some snow on the ground. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like those deer are tough animals. I don't get it. Well, Uncle Mark explained something to me, uh, which actually makes a lot of sense. Like you know, you double lung a deer and you start tracking it. And you get 100 yards into your track, and you're like, man, how did this thing go that far? It should have been dead by now. Why, why aren't we finding it? You start to second-guess yourself, and then you find it. 100 yards you know, isn't really that A deer far. can run that far oh, in about yeah. four seconds. Exactly. So that 150-yard track that you think is forever, you oh, can't believe. Oh, because you're real slow, pan in the ground with a flashlight. That does make that. It's a different perspective. Yeah, but that deer ran that distance in Couple probably seconds. under five seconds. Yeah, that does make sense. So I kind of want to switch gears here. We got like less than two weeks for turkey season. Two uh, weeks. Um, are you in? Are you, do you turkey hunt? A little bit. A little are bit. Are you going to turkey hunt this year? Oh yeah. So you're a public land hunter. I'm assuming up here. So run me through what what are you doing? What are you doing prepping for turkey season? Or what are your? Uh, so this will be my first public land uh, hunting experience up here. I'll probably get about a weekend before I head home. But uh, last year, I really hit it hard. Um, I was at home for college, so I basically had as much time. Every morning, I'd get out there before work, or if I didn't have work, I'd be in the woods. And I realized that these birds get a lot more educated than you give them credit for. Their their head might only be a, as big as a baseball, but they're Got smarter the than I am. I think. size of a walnut. Yeah, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. But I'd say the best way is just getting out there and learning where they like to be. Um, I mean, you call a lot from the road, and you've got to figure everyone else and their brothers calling from the road, and I think that's, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there were mornings when I, I'd have a bird gobbling its head off, and I'd say more than 90% of the time they fly down and never say a word all morning, and yep. all of a sudden you hear a gobble, and it's like, oh, I, I, like, I think he's going to like respond, and then nothing. And then it's just it's a matter of finding the right bird at the right time, have you shot a long beard before? Yes. Big Tom? Yes. Have you, Nick? Mm-hmm. No. Not yet, Tom. Frank, <laughs> you haven't shot have you? one yet. I've shot plenty of Jake's. Oh. <laughs> have you, Frank? I've, I've missed sh- you. I, I'm not, I don't get really like, serious about turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like going. You just and, do it to do it. Yeah, it's, it's just not another like thing it. to get me in the woods. I don't really yeah. care what I kill when I'm turkey hunting. You're safe. out there for... If you want to learn a lot about turkey hunting, the hunting public is... Those guys I are keep coming. If you want to learn any... like. I give them a ton of credit because I've just I think they, that's been my number one learning. Source. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean I don't hunt a whole lot, and just to do it, I went down to Kansas with uh, my two brothers, my grandpa, and my dad, because I mean we had three generations of you know the Sobolewski family going out. I even though hunting's not really my thing, I wasn't gonna miss you know that that moment you know and. I didn't see a bird for an entire week. I mean, I get... Should have hunted with me. So, (laughs) you didn't shoot a bird. but I I had my uh, gun jam on one, though. (laughs) But uh, conditions weren't great. Yeah, there was a big flood that came through. It was the end of the season. You know, 
whatever. I heard a lot of birds. We snuck up on some birds into fields and, you know, there are a lot of, you know, ridges and whatnot. But just from that one experience that I have, you know, hunting public land like that was, it was tough. I mean, my dad and I, we put on miles and for not even putting my eyes on a bird, it'd be difficult to keep your focus and, you know, to keep at it. Like you said, this is going to be your first, you know, season public land turkey hunting. Up here. You know, up, here. Yeah, up here. Yeah. Have you so, scouted at all? I mean, what's, what's, up here? Yeah. Uh, not really. I mean, I have ideas from where they were in the fall, so I'm hoping that they're somewhere around there, but I'll, I'll get out there. I mean, it's still a little early. So I'll probably go out like a couple days before and just check out all the areas mm-hmm. that I have marked on Onyx. I'd say... Speaking of Onyx, that's like another huge, huge. Yeah, tool. we use the shit out of Onyx. Yeah, if you don't have Onyx, you're out of the game. Yeah, it un- yeah, no you question are, about it. It unlocks like a ton of opportunity for like, especially like if you're coyote. Like public land, it probably is really useful too. But um, coyote hunting is huge too to mark every field we have permission on. I yep. don't know how people keep track of where they have permission to hunt without something like onyx i've i found my tree stand like three weeks ago because of that i I was walking around in the woods (laughs) and i was like i haven't used onyx since hunting season and i was walking around the woods and i was like wait a minute i have onyx and within (laughs) two minutes i was at the base of my tree stand and i pulled it down so what what keeps you focused and actually engaged say like turkey say you go out turkey hunting and Right now, you really don't have an idea where those birds are, where they're going to be, how they're acting. So you go out, and you're going to take your best shot at it. So what what tools are you going to use to figure out where you want to go and set yourself up? And then what's going to keep you, you know, pulled in to keep driving to find those birds? They live in the woods. That who says that Stringer? The mm-hmm. deer are in the woods. You got to get out so, there. Yeah, but like you just gotta... they asked me about you know fishing. If I fish in new lake, you know I what, take what my boat. I take I out take? on boat. All right, so I'm looking at structure. I'm looking at water depth. I'm looking at vegetation. I'm looking you know for pinch points, high traffic areas. What are you looking for when you go into a new spot? You're looking at your Onyx map. You know it's some public land. Where are you putting yourself based on that map? I found that turkeys tend to like diverse areas, so a lot of different types of timber because they like they need water, they need food. Ridges and, and field edges is what works best for me. I I, mm-hmm. I mean driving around after the the best way that I found so far. I mean I'm 22 years old, so I don't have like a ton of experience, mm-hmm. and I only get to shoot a bird a year. I mean now you can shoot two, but basically driving around after a rain and looking in the fields and do you'll do see you prefer tur- to hunt fields or woods? Um, I think it's easier to hunt them. I mean, I'm, I'm, you have more access to woods on public land. There's mm-hmm. less because they're going to go in some, like they, they really like that, like short grass. They don't want to, when it's wet out and like, especially in the spring when there's like dew on the grass and everything, they don't want to be walking around in grass. that's up to like their necks because they're going to, they don't like being wet. They want to go out into that field and dry out for the most part. And they part. can see better up there if they're in the They can see that, better. Yeah. That's turkeys. Like, especially like it's almost easy to hunt them in the rain. Because like or like right after a rain or if it rains all night because you know they're going to a field. Oh, 100 percent. Um, that's and, and that's definitely a strategy. Now that is that I, just to dry their feathers out? They just want to. Yep. There's that, be in the and sun? if it's raining, they can't hear Here. shit in the woods. Yep. So they would rather they get into a field so, so that, they can use their sight. One of their. That's senses. one of their securities is their, their sights. Their, their, their sights the big one, and then hearing mm-hmm. is second. 
Um, but if they lose their smell hearing, and taste are probably last on the list for so their security. I wouldn't say that I'm like a road hunter necessarily, but if I sit there all morning and it's raining and they're not gobbling because they don't usually when it's raining, um, I'll get in the car and I'll warm up, drive around, maybe go get like some lunch or something and then take a lap around like all the public land near my house. McDonald's. See, yeah. McDonald's. App. Get the McDonald's. Sponsored. App. Um, <laughs> And I'll mark on Onyx where I'm finding some some toms, and whether or not I can hunt them that day, I know that they're they're not going too far in the spring. I, um, I they you, tend to you stay hear, in place. You hear some people say pattern patterning like, birds. We would just drive around until you know there was times we would drive around, we'd see a couple toms like in a field, and they're gonna would, come out. We will. We would. My grandpa would just drive me and Tom up a couple hundred yards, like the like fifty yards past the edge of the woods. Tom and I would dive in, sprint down the wood line, get all the way to the bottom of the field, then slowly sneak down and set up. And I mean, I the bird that I, I ended up missing because like I was same thing. We set up on a field. I saw the birds out there, and I literally army crawled for like 150 yards along the edge of the woods. And by the time I like they came through, I went to shoot. My gun jammed up, so I ejected that one and threw another one, and he was already like booking out of there, and I missed. But um, it just like that hunt lasted like literally like twenty five minutes just because I you get saw a bird him. that's hot. Yep, we saw yep. him. I jumped in and just it was just like yep jumped on an opportunity really like it had nothing to do with anything I scouted earlier or anything. Yeah, you could sit there and call to a bird all morning that's two hundred yards away, move fifty yards, maybe a hundred yards, and just get into his little zone, and he might come. I've had it happen. Yeah. I mean, I might have only killed two turkeys but um i've missed my fair share I so you, was, for every two, a, every turkey you kill you probably have a lot of interactions with 10 15 20 more than that i think i was on a missed streak of like eight probably oh, called wow. in i mean i've been turkey hunting since i was probably like 14 13 years old and every year i've had an opportunity yeah. and there That's were years I'm, pa I think, has got to be one of the toughest states to hunt they i've heard from a lot of guys in. that say if you can kill a turkey in pa you can kill one anywhere yeah and, and it's they'll come in and, quiet and I know too. it's a little bit different now you know in the past five years with the population you know going down quite a bit um i do believe that population is coming back a little bit i'm seeing more turkey now than i have previously in the past you know three four years but um it's still not to what it was you know five six seven years ago where Every field you drove by, I mean, had a flock of birds, and yeah. it. it was it was crazy. You think that's just because of a hard winter up here? Um, Pittsburgh had, has no it was, shortage. It was a mixture. Wet we, we had wet springs. We had cold winters. Thanks. We introduced fishers. The um, fishers aren't nearly as big of a problem as we thought. We talked to a guy from the National Wild Turkey Federation. Fishers but, really don't have much to do with. Um, it, but I mean, I'm just all of yeah, those a, things. It's a, a little bit. It is a little bit. Um, the harsh winters, you know, I think a lot of things played a toll into it. There, there could have been, you know, I haven't done my own research into this, but there could have been a spike in, you know, possums or raccoons or you know, coyotes that, or something. That's the biggest thing is yeah. the nest raiders because I know when I started hunting raccoons. Well, nobody uh, traps uh, anymore. Well, so when I was first started hunting in seventh grade, I was getting 20 bucks for a frozen raccoon. Like, I didn't have to skin it or anything. Oh, yeah, just a raccoon in a garbage bag. Yeah. Now, when I flesh out, stretch, and dry a coon, I get like a buck 50 for it. So, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't trap raccoons. I don't trap possums. Yeah. So, there's all of these. No one does it. Skunks, possums, raccoons, fishers. 
they're all nest raiders. And so if they find a nest, they're not going to eat one egg and call it a day. Oh, they're, they're going to take the destroy whole nest the entire out. nest. Yep. Well, one, just for their own need. And so, like, it's just it's just the their survival. I mean, it's not their fault. That's what they're, you know, what they've been doing for since the beginning of time. But the fact that nobody is taking them out anymore and maintaining that population is, you know, what's what's having that adverse effect but so yeah i think you mix that with some harsh winters wet springs and it's just i mean i remember one of those winters we had i mean i relate everything back to fishing but um what is it right now april um there were there was a ice fishing season not that many years ago we were ice fishing in march I mean, it was... Yeah, I remember that. It, we were ice it, fishing on, like, it, a foot of ice. Yeah, it was, like, 50, 60 degrees outside. You know, we're in T-shirts on, you know, 12, 14 inches of ice. Like, I mean, that winter was cold. I mean, That'll there were it. multiple times that there was, you know, zeros and, uh, you know, negative numbers. And those those poults that were born that year, like, those, you know, less than one-year-old birds, there's no way they can make it through that. Mm-hmm. The couple winters we had were... We were setting records for feet of snow. They just get suffocated below. Oh yeah, yeah. you know that's what I was thinking. So um, the what, what do you what do you call them? Turkey birds? Yeah, the, thunder the, chickens. The the turkey bird swamp roosters. Yeah, the turkey bird hunting has gotten. I I in my opinion, just from the people I know that hunt, because I don't do it personally, but a little more difficult in recent years than it has been. You know, so it's going to be even more of a challenge for you and you know a lot of take a lot of focus and you know dedication to you know get that bird you know that you're that you're after what's your uh your standards for this year being your first year on public turkey hunting um, oh, it's got to be a long dude you, it's got to be a long you're not you know if it's got to be i'm not out there to shoot a jake i mean it's i have nothing there's nothing wrong with it especially if you're like a youth hunter or if you're out there trying to get your first bird but there's something about just having a long beard all fired up coming into like 15 it yards. It is different. I mean, I'll be honest with You're you. You're saying there's not something it's like about shooting a, a It's like dick. shooting a legal buck to me in a way. Like I'm not out there. Like I'm not yeah. a trophy hunter by any means, but I'm. If it gets if it gets me excited, I'm. That's. I know I as soon as I see it. That's my problem because Jake still get me excited. We get six or seven. Like just going like, off, it gets you all fired up. Oh yeah, and my thing is like I've shot long beards, I've shot Jakes, like I've got. Have you shot Jakes after you've shot long oh, beards? Yeah, like three of them. Oh. <laughs> no, like, like for me personally, like. It, it just it, gets you excited. Well, everybody's different, but like my thing is, at least for me, when you're like telling um, like a buck story, everybody's focused on like. How big was he? You know, they're talking about like the size. Like, no, I'm not saying like to degrade it, but like a big part of like a deer story oh, is like how anyone big that he doesn't was. know anything about hunting is, oh, that's a big buck. Yeah, it's, but like for turkeys, not, to you me, walked two miles back in the woods. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like turkeys always seem like it's more about like the experience of the hunt, and they were gobbling back and forth, and then it's like you got the turkey, and not as many people really even pay attention to like how, how big, big was the beard. Oh, they're not yeah, gonna that's ask. one of the last so like questions. How long they was ask. the turkey? Yeah. <laughs> so like, for what me, is like, I, I mean, like I kind of wrestle with it. Like, like I would like the one time I was with my grandpa, and I had a Jake come in, and I passed him up, and then like an hour later, that same Jake with another like there was two birds that came together, and like an hour later, they had basically just followed this same pattern we knew they were gonna be on. And they came back in range a second time, and I was like, I let you go once. Like, <laughs> you're getting <laughs> you're smoked mine. now. You're so, coming home with me. But, um, 
So like I, I, I don't know. I just I get super excited for turkeys, and if it happens to be a Jake, if I get super stoked, that's what it's I'm, all about. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I got, not no, taking anything I've, away from that. If it, if it excites never... you, like that's same thing with fish. I get so like irritated with people. They you know catch a nice fish, and it's the biggest it. fish that they've caught. Or the biggest, you know, one of their most prized possessions. And they're so proud of it. You know, they want to mount it. They want to keep it. And um, they just get absolutely, like, trashed on. Like, I've caught fish twice that big that I didn't mount. And it's like, okay. Fishermen well, are, like, oh, even worse than hunters with that stuff. Like, gosh. a lot more hunters respect a decent buck. But, like, if you catch a decent fish or, like, something oh, you're talking about, my the God. fishing world is a lot harsher it about is, stuff like that. I mean, you you know, Todd, like, you can't post anything on social media, like, without getting ready to get, like, get reamed out. If you post a steel, I'm big into steelhead. I'll post a picture, you know, what I think, you know, nice seven, eight pound fish. Yeah, it's not my biggest fish. It's not my littlest fish. It's a nice above average Mine's fish. Bigger. That I took, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I've caught fish in the double digits, but I caught a nice pretty fish that was seven pounds. I wanted to post a picture of it. The comments aren't, hey, nice job, pretty fish. It's, I caught one bigger. Like, why'd you even take a picture of that? Where'd you get it? Yeah, it's such a brutal environment. Yeah. I think one of my pet peeves, like, with that stuff is I hate hearing or seeing people make excuses for the animal that they killed. Like, if you're like I, I don't know how many times I've seen not the biggest buck, but or you know I wasn't gonna shoot him, but or yeah. like, like I no. hate that. Like if yeah. you if you were willing to kill it, you own that shit 110. percent Like if you if you're gonna sit there and try and like yeah. deny it a little bit, like why'd you even shoot it? Yeah. Like if it yep. got you excited, own it and move on. Yeah. yeah. People. Well, and and I don't think it's the fault of that hunter. I think it's the fault of the, of the community like, that made them scared. In, they're in defense yeah. right from the get go because if they throw not my biggest at the beginning, it like almost it backs people yeah. off. Yeah. Like the, you can't like you can't go wrong thing. with that phrase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you post yeah if you post that picture, someone will be like. Why'd you mount that thing? Like I shot bucks twice as big and well, didn't mount them. I mean, it's like, personally, okay, I good for you, but I got my, excited. Yeah. Like I, I want to mount it. My favorite buck that I've shot is the one that I shot last year, and I'll tell you right now that it's definitely not my biggest, but it a got me the most excited, and it's the coolest story that I have to tell, and that's all. Yeah, that matters. yeah, that's well, what matters that's is like, the story I, you get it was, with it. It's probably like three years ago. So like I, I've killed some pretty decent bucks, like no giants or anything, but like pretty good bucks. So I I do typically wait out like wait out for something you know 120 what gets you plus excited? or whatever and the one year though um i was uh tom got me a muzzleloader for christmas and we're like the last day um the last day of muzzleloader up in new york um i was hunting with tom and like last half hour last day this spike comes into the food plot and I had a brand new gun from Tom. I was like, "You can shoot whatever you want up there." Oh yeah, you can shoot whatever you <laughs> I want. I mean, yeah. they are gonna. Everyone up there is gonna shoot whatever they want. Yeah. 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 And my thing was, I was like, "Well, and you know you've what? never got... gotten a buck on the farm up there." Yeah, that was my Boom. first buck. I was like, I mean, I'd killed bucks before that, but I was, I got super excited watching this deer come down because for years Tom and Frank ridiculed me at the cabin for like I was the only one without a buck on the wall up at the cabin. So this buck came down. I actually told Tom, I said. I'm telling you right now, if a spike comes out, it's in trouble. <laughs> was it in trouble? 
Oh yeah, I mean yeah. it came through at like thirty yards. I had I had never been so sure of my shot than is like I saw that thing out like seventy yards coming down. I already had it picked out where it was gonna go like on the wall in the cabin before he even got to the food hall. Like, I knew one hundred and ten percent this thing was about to die. That was the one, and he, it got out in the field. I shot it like thirty yards, and it like its front leg literally just like locked and took off. Tried jumping, a, yeah, it tried jumping over a creek and just biffed it on the other side. I had to pull its antlers out of the mud. So oh, then he kid. then he posted, like, yeah. "Not my biggest buck. Nope, Probably I wouldn't have shot that. it, but <laughs> I had to. It was my first no, farm I just buck." Owned it. I posted it. Up. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm not, oh yeah, yeah I'm not it's 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 on White Cat Outdoors. It's on yeah. the on our Instagram page. I mean, like you said. You shot it like it's a great you, story. You had a great time. We're talking about the story now. Everyone around the table is smiling, talking about it. Like that's why we do it. Yeah. You know. But, I, yeah. I mean, everyone wants to shoot a big buck. That's oh, of I, you go into the woods. You yeah. don't walk into the woods and say, "Oh, I'm going to shoot a small buck today." It's, yeah. Everyone wants to catch you know the you biggest know, and, fish, shoot the yeah. biggest buck. But guess what? All of a sudden, a uh, hundred inch eight point comes walking by and your heart beats so hard you think you're gonna have a heart attack and fall yeah. out of a tree stand and the same 140 inch deer could have walked by it didn't matter you were getting the same amount of excitement oh out of yeah and that's well, i think that's the biggest that's thing that's why we're out there and i and think that's a lot of like what like younger generations like and that's what the people you know some. the hunting community and the fishing community that are so negative you know they're it's not that 140 that walked in front of you. No, it's not. But I got, I got just, just as, as excited. excited about it. You have to I, know the I got, property you're hunting, too. I got out. And, and that's another that's thing. thing. Like, you you can, go out west to some of those places. You know, you go well, out to Iowa. What's the big state now? It used Iowa, to be Illinois, Iowa. Ohio. Il- Illinois. Ohio's getting big. But Kentucky's is, huge. I could sit there. Well, Texas is big. But if I said Alaska's standard, big. That is big state. If I set a standard where, like, I'm oh, not right, shooting anything under 170. I'm probably not going to shoot a buck in PA. Like, oh. I mean, you could get you're lucky, but like, to. you have to you have to be realistic for the property. If you're hunting a piece of property and you've got cameras all over it, and the biggest deer that's on that piece is 115 inches, well, and you're if not that's your target buck, and you get yeah, that you, buck, if you're then not you did your sh- job. Yeah, exactly. If that if that's the biggest buck on that property, there's nothing wrong with shooting it. Oh, and you, if, if you're not okay with shooting it, go somewhere else. Yeah, like, you guys have hunted property time. where. There is multiple, multiple deer on the property that are, you know, 130, 140, maybe even 150 um, and bigger on the property that you guys have been hunting. So you guys have passed up deer, deer that I, are well, yeah, 115, there, 120, here, you know, but. you've passed up and it's like, well, Tom or Nick, you know, that would have been your biggest buck. And it's like, well, where I'm hunting I got a good chance at, you know, like 130, like 140. Yeah. It was on camera it, the night before. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, and you have enough so, property that no but then, one, yeah. Then you yeah. go up to Climber. What's the biggest buck you've pulled off a of Climber? 120? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Mine, right here. Uh, here we go. Sorry, Tom. Uh, just an estimated score. What do you got on it? Just a schmick over one fifteen. Yeah, one. So let's just let's just be generous, and you know it shrunk a little by the time you measured it. One fifteen buck is not a but, yeah. small buck. No, it looks like, like a yeah. nice buck. Yeah. Especially yeah. Most in New people York. are calling that a one thirty yeah. all day. Yeah. So let's yeah. let's say one twenty. You know. Oh yeah, that with the right deer, angles, it's a one thirty. One forty five. If this buck had width, it would be a one twenty. I love the if I love the if statements. Thirteen Those are my favorite. If, if this buck had mass, if this buck, had, <laughs> this buck had six more points, twice the mass, you know, three inches of width. <laughs> I would have passed it, let it go for next year. Yeah, <laughs> but um, 
Anyways, I know we've just kind of been spitting little stories and whatnot, but if to pull us back a little bit, if you could give you know one piece of advice for you know somebody from out of town, whether it's a college kid like Nick said, some of his favorite times hunting and most successful were while he was in college because he knew he had to make the best of his time. You know, you're a college kid now. You're going to go home for summer, come back for college. You know, what is one piece of advice you could give, you know, either other college students or just people from out of town, whether it's on work or they're going there solely to hunt, but to, you know, pick that property and, you know, be successful. Maximize the success with the short period of time. Yeah. November 1st through November 12th. 100%. Yeah. Skip all your focus classes. Focus your efforts being <laughs> around the rut. <laughs> so, yeah, you're getting so, deer that are coming off of yeah. private land if you're hunting on public land, and you're getting deer that just don't have a care in the world. So and, focus on that rut because, I mean, how I many mean, times not, have you heard, you know, people shooting deer that during the rut that I never had a picture of that thing on camera because, I mean, those deer travel during the rut. They yep. don't. They get stupid. That's why oh, yeah. you can't can't hunt moose in Alaska on the rep because everybody yeah. and their brother would shoot a yeah. you know legal moose. Definitely focus on areas that maybe you wouldn't otherwise focus on at other times of the year. So more like places where they could trap a doe up against like a highway or uh, somewhere that, like they could corral a deer. Like like I hunted this swamp and basically I knew that something was gonna. It was like an island. And I knew that a buck eventually was going to push a doe into that little piece of woods and trap her against that island. And sure enough, it happened. But I mean, I wasn't lucky enough to get a shot at it. But the plan came the, together. Oh, oh yeah. 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 There's just like little things like and like don't overlook areas that are close to roads um, up in New York. One, I mean, I had class, so I had to get down at like 1130. Um, got in the tree stand real early, didn't see a deer all morning. I could hear him like crashing around out in front of me. And I'm talking like I'm hunting on a swamp. There's like one tree, barely, this is, it goes back to the whole <laughs> hanging hunt. I think I used one set of sticks and I used a branch to get in mm-hmm. and I might've been as high as maybe seven, eight feet off the ground, mm-hmm. but it was, it was the only thing I had. I was st- sticking out in the open. I didn't, when I moved the whole tree would sway. <laughs> so I get down out of the tree stand and I go to class. I come back the next day. I was about to pull my tree stand down and there's a picture of a shooter buck on my trail cam. He was there half an hour after I was gone, that hurts. but it just proved my theory that there's a road 20 yards. So at my truck, I'd get there real early in the morning. I'd park about a hundred yards up the road. I'd walk down the road, cut in, maybe 20 like i had cars driving past me all morning like i'm sure they could see me in the tree stand Mm -hmm. but it's those spots that you overlook and i just like i knew that eventually a deer if he it was just a little pinch point he was eventually gonna have to like come through there to get to the bigger piece of woods so Mm -hmm. basically i was set up like in in between two giant pieces of timber and there's a swamp with just a narrow strip of woods i feel like you being from pittsburgh and like hunting those more urban areas has you more conditioned you're not as afraid to hunt the oh. areas right close to roads as people around here are. They're like, oh, no, you got to get away from oh, the road. I, but I you, can hear the car. I don't want to hunt Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. But you know that that's not something. You know, if, if, if the, the road's there, there and that pinch point's there, the deer are going to frequent it. They're going to be used to those cars. Oh, yeah. How many deer do you see laying on the side of the road? There's mm-hmm. plenty of them that bunker up and make home right close, close, to, well, close to those highways that are used those, to hearing those cars. They'll travel those areas a lot at night, but I find – during that sweet spot, November 1st through November 12th, it's somewhere in there in your area. It's not the same in every area. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't even matter if it's like general, like county, state. Um, I'd say like just like, like you could be five, six miles away. And it all depends on just 
how many does you have in the area. If you have a ton of does, there's going to be a lot of does in heat, and you're not going to see that rutting activity as much. But if you're in an area with a less dense deer population and maybe a better buck to doe ratio, you're going to see that chasing activity. Mm-hmm. And I'd say like I, I had a spot in New York where I had a I definitely had a hot doe come through in the morning and within an hour I had four I mean, the day I shot my buck in New York I had four or five bucks come through and I hadn't seen a deer in three or four sits in that spot but like mm-hmm. all it took was that one deer and I had all the deer on me yeah now I've heard very similar stories to like what you were saying where places where there's a you know high buck to doe ratio you know during the rut those buck are going nuts because there's not many doe and they just need to run and you know they're covering a big amount of area just to find them dope but i've also heard the flip side of the coin and the way that the guy explained it to me he said you know if you're a buck you know a single buck you know going to a party he said are you gonna go find you know the property or that party that's only got a couple dough on it or are you gonna go to the party where you know there's you know a ton you know 100 single women you know at the party so i've heard kind of both you know, flip sides of the coin where people have had a lot of success where maybe during, you know, you know, the pre-rut and, you know, regular part of the season, you know, to post-rut might not have the best luck because you just see so many doe. During the rut, you know, it's very heavy in buck activity because you have of, that dense, on your of that dense population. So, well, I, you know, well, I don't, I haven't does... spent enough time to create my own you know Mm -hmm. judgment of it but that does go along with kind of like what i was saying so basically if you have three or four maybe like one doe group living on a certain property well here's your couple bucks they're going to come in they're going to breed like those like five or six does this is just me being no you're not wrong no and this is i'm not one buck breed multiple doe Oh, or yeah. well, one okay. Yeah. So one buck's gonna breed as much as he can. The dominant buck's gonna breed as, as many, many does he or, can yeah, while, while he's in yeah. heat. Okay. Yeah. I, I I didn't know. I'm just and there's gonna be little bucks to get to breed does if you have yeah. a high if you have a high dope. It all depends on the buck to doe ratio and your deer densities. Is it is any buck pretty much mature? Like if you see a, like a one year old buck, yes. like a spike, is he mature enough to breed? I've seen a button okay. buck. Okay. Try. Yeah, I, try. I, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know sure. if they're. They, I've seen them try. If they're fertile <laughs> yeah, enough, they know what to do. But <laughs> and that's I, like I said, I'm I'm not a big hunter. I don't Nothing know. Like hearing a grunt and hear some chasing, <laughs> and all of a sudden here comes a button buck chasing yeah. its sister. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. But but I, yeah, I definitely say like you're not wrong, and because like that's what, so like it's just what I've if heard. You, if you, you know, maybe like these this group of does gets bred, but then all like all of a sudden that november 1st through november 6th and this area is great and then all of a sudden those deer those bucks are gone they're out two miles away looking for does because all the does in that area have already been bred mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden in another area from november 6th till like the 12th it's it's on and yeah. it's just mm-hmm. nuts and the woods is on fire and like you can't go wrong mm-hmm. if if somebody um you know made you pick we'll we'll start at the horn over here and we'll work our way around if somebody made you pick you know um, to hunt mornings or evenings. Mornings. Nick, what would you go with? Um, I, I think I like evenings better. But to be perfectly honest with you, I have more success on morning hunts. Tyler, like uh, the idea yep. of evening hunts sounds better to me. But mm-hmm. I kill more bucks in the morning. Okay. I, I love I love to sleep in, but during the <laughs> ride, I'm up. 
That's mornings, what I mean, it, mornings. Like the idea of evening hunts sounds really cool, but you always I feel like morning is where I kill. Uh, I don't hunt, so uh, Frank. I'm a big evening guy, and I feel like most of my bias towards evening hunting is the way the properties are set up that I hunt. Makes a huge I, difference. Yeah, I don't feel like I can get to spots that I need to hunt in the morning without interrupting, interrupting their sleeping. Yeah, hurting. In their... I'm, I feel like I'm hurting myself more than I'm helping gotcha. getting into those areas that I need to be bedding. in. Gotcha. Yeah, as opposed to the evening, I can set up differently and. Like I said, that's just a property yep. thing. Yep. You know, the way the property's set up that you're hunting could change that drastically. So, are, are we talking in the rut? Nope. I'm just, uh, that's my next question. I'm just saying in general. I mean, you can br- break it up now because that, that'll piggyback right into our next, I next say, question. Early archery season, I, I like the evening hunts, but come the rut, I like it not even so much a morning hunt, but as that. Nine o'clock to noon. Oh yeah, closer to midday even. Yeah. yeah. So and that was my next thing. I know people that say you gotta hit pre rut. You know, pre rut's the best and people some people want, you know, the heart and soul of the rut and you know, some people are post ruts the best. In your opinion, Nick, most success that you've had or even just traffic you've seen. My most success for me. And this is going to go totally against what most people try and tell you. Because a lot of people you're going to hear you say, oh, you can't hunt mornings in October. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest buck to date was killed on September 28th, opening morning. And it was on the ground before 730. Wow. Like, yeah. I, for me personally. Um, and, and like you said, it might be a little biased. Like, huh? just because that's your biggest. Like, it's well, just. But even it, so, it, it, most all... of my bucks I kill. I mean, anyone or Tom and Frank will testify to it most of the bucks i kill are morning early season oh i i, I don't think i've with, killed a with turkeys buck. you've you've gone out you know opening day I, we used to have to be at school at eight o'clock and you'd have you'd have birds down he <laughs> would that. he'd wake up go out put a bird down go to school and come back and you know fix it up like it just you for know, me that's personally, what he does. Like, i think the biggest thing is knowing what the deer on your property do Yep. And kind of like what Frank said, it's exactly, biased because it's the area the prop- he's comfortable hunting. The properties I hunt have a lot of ag, um, and if which means that the like food plots out in the open, they're going to be out there until you know like through the night. But big bucks are going to be heading back to their bedding areas before the sun comes up. So you need to be pretty much where they want to bed well before the sun ever comes up. Yep. That buck that I shot, um, that one I was telling you on September twenty eighth. I was in the stand two hours before sunset or sunrise. Wow, uh, that's dedication right and, there. I mean, that's part like of it was your fishing part of it spot was at like, five a.m. on the opening day of trail. Part of it was like you know a little bit random and luck, but the bottom line is I knew that a buck is going to be coming back through that area early, trying to get back to his bed. Yep. And I, ha- I, I mean, yeah, it it's a little out. bit, it's a little bit luck. It was the first time I was ever in that tree. I walked in with my climber with no headlight. But that's what headlight. you said though. First time in your tree stands, your best sit. Yeah. So for me personally, I think, um, well, I guess what was your question? <laughs> it was, or what like, you know, post rep, pre rep. Yeah. Early season. Early season like, is, is for I me could... is the best time to kill a buck. Um, for me. Yep. Tyler. I'm going to go with the rut. The rut, he likes the, the heavy action, I, heavy traffic. Yeah, you can't go wrong. You can yep. get Like you were saying, you can get a deer from can you, two miles away, three miles away. Can you smell rut? I've, yes. I've talked to yes. some people that say, 
I can smell the you, rut, and I can smell deer. I can smell the deer. Yeah, it's a deer. Yeah. yeah, like I've walked in. Um, I've walked like, in the dark and, and smell bucks. Right, there's no water in it. There's a hot doe close and you know it's going to be a fun ass hunt because if you can smell it if you know how much more a deer can smell <laughs> oh, yeah. if you can smell it that deer's hot and oh, every yeah. buck within a half a mile knows that that knows that that doe's ready hot. to be ready Better to be be, bred. be ready for a wild day yeah no doubt those are the days that you basically live for right there mm-hmm. you might don't you might not get one in a year but like yep. when you do get that one day yeah you better hang around a while <laughs> yeah you'll remember it right uh, I like pre-rut into the early rut, like right around Halloween. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I love. Okay, I know end a of lot October of from people. like the twentieth to the second, twentieth mm. of October to like the second, third of November. I know that's I've where I'm at. Talked about him before, uh, Hunter Daniels. I did, one of his favorites, Halloween. Mm-hmm. He, for some reason, that's Halloween, the latest I've ever. He, killed, I've never killed a November deer. He oh Hunter Hunter loves Hunter loves Halloween, dude. I don't. I think it's a superstition thing, but I always. That's what makes it fun. I have superstitions about about fishing. It kind of marks the start of the whole process. You know, superstitions and you know little things that you think give you an advantage that maybe or maybe not. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what makes it fun. Usually, that's like right around the time of that first. It's like the full moon. Yeah, right after that, that full moon's. Clearing yep. up, that's when it, everything lights yeah. up. Tom, what about you? Tommy. I like the, the pre-rut chasing phase. Yeah. I think like at the peak of the rut when like the does are in heat and they're locked up with a buck. Yeah. And they're just bedded with that buck all day being bred. Yeah. It's a very boring time to be in the woods unless, you know, you're right in their bedroom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right, right in the heat of things when the chase is on. Yeah, that's that's right a good time before. to be mobile. Not yep. to interrupt, but yeah, that's absolutely. when you want to be on your using your saddles and your hanging hunts because if mm-hmm. you're not in it, then you're completely out of the game. I've, yeah, I mean, exactly. I've, there's been times I've been in the woods where I'd set up and then I'd saw two or three bucks come through like 70 yards out and I'd get down and move because I'm, if two or three of uh, yeah, Luke will tell I, you I story, was going to tell you but, this. Uh, let me tell after you're done finishing this basically because like you it's from be a non-hunter's perspective. You can't be afraid to move if you're not in the action. But go ahead, Luke. So, you know, I, I don't hunt a whole lot, obviously, but um, Nick wanted me to come out, you know, hunting with him and, you know, just spend some time together and I brought my camera out to, you know, do some filming and he sets us up in this nice, uh, you know, permanent tree stand. You know, it's, you know, built almost like a little tree house kind of. Holding hands. You know, huh? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, not real nice. Had a roof, you know, walls, wind, shooting rail, you know, e- everything. The whole nine. And a uh, nice staircase that goes up to it. And so we're set up in this tree stand in the morning. And had, you know, the most room. We were thinking just trying to be comfortable for filming. And... uh we see, you know, nothing really, you know, going on at first light. And then, you know, right after first light, we started seeing some traffic, you know, probably, you know, 100 to, you know, 175 yards out. You know, we were in the middle of this field. There was a little creek that ran through and, you know, we we're surrounded by woods and we could just see them, you know, maybe 30 yards in the wood line. And so we, you know, never going to have a shot on anything and we could see the deer and, uh, whatnot, but Nick's like, hey, let's, let's go move over there. And I'm like, what are you 
talking that's where all the deer are right like we're gonna go spook them and he's like we got exactly put that's yeah. where the deer yeah. are he's like we gotta go put it. i'm like aren't we gonna you know just mess everything up and he's like honestly he's like my motto is like i like to get there get there quick set up and you know every, let the woods calm down and you know then they'll be fine so you you get different hunters some people want to be super quiet you know not make a noise nicks I want to get there as fast as I can. I don't care what happens, and the woods will settle down in a little bit. So I'm like, all right, like I don't hunt. I'm just listening to him. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, this makes no sense. Like there's a shit ton of deer over there. We're just gonna go set up, you know, right by him, and this is stupid. But whatever. So I get my camera. He gets his gun. You know, we climb down. He's got this. I mean, I go back to the truck. I have a big blind it's, in the back of my what, truck. What's it called? It, a a it, baronet blinds, but it literally just says like "go big" on the yeah. Inside it, of the yeah, mask. it says "go big." I mean, this blind is huge. Like we could. You fit, don't have any we, issues with that and deer busting. Well, let just let me let me tell you this story. This is what I'm thinking. He's like, I got this blind. It's super comfortable. We can set up chairs. I'm talking. You could fit six guys in this blind. It's this huge. thing's huge. So <laughs> Nick grabs this. Throws it over his shoulders. We got two chairs. I mean, like, just booking it through the woods. And he's, he's like, I want to set up here because all the deer we saw, you know, were 40 yards this way, you know. So I'm like, dude, we're in, like, you know, shoulder high, like, you know, prickers and goldenrod. And, like, just, it was, like, right on the edge of the woods, but, like, where there was still, like, some field growth and everything in there. And he's like, oh, we'll just lay it all down. So he's making a ruckus, laying everything down, like pushing over, you know, small trees, laying it down, pops this hut up, you know, unzips it. We get my camera set up on the tripod, put the seats in and everything. And I, you know, set my camera up and whatnot. We get inside and sit down and I'm like, dude, like we weren't even trying to be quiet. Like Nick's just popping this hut open and... I mean, not 15 minutes later, there was a line of like, you know, two bucks and like four dough that come walk. It's like 15 minutes after we just blew these woods up, you know, walking through it, you know, 30, 40 yards. I got awesome footage, nothing big, you know, little, like there was like a spike in, you know, one little, I don't even know if it was a four or a six, you could just see a little bit of headgear, but just a train of does walking through. And I'm like, like, just shocked me because i always thought you know you had to be dead silent and whatnot and sometimes that is the case well, but i'll give you like, in this this instance it was, um, it was almost comical. that's not like my typical way i'll do things <laughs> yeah but, um you gotta understand this is opening day of rifle the woods are <laughs> right like, oh, oh, it's a yeah. war zone oh it sounds like you wouldn't right. see what me I said do earlier, that in popcorn. october but like and he had opening, his little brother who i'll be 100 percent honest i get a little impatient and I think I have a little minor ADHD and I kind of bounce around and hop around. So I don't know if it was him just saying, Hey, let's move, you know, helping me out a little but bit. My thing but. is like, it's, we're talking opening day gun It is a war zone out there. I'm like, this, this movement isn't going to screw us over. And it literally like and it 15 didn't. minutes calmed right down and we had bucks right in front oh, of us. Oh, and I got, I got the footage of, you know, a line of six deer, you know, walking right in front of us. It was so awesome. like, I mean, you, you kind of just have to know the circumstance and, and that's what spending time out in the woods helps yeah. with, you know, you just, it's people It'll think take it's an hour to go 200 yards in archery season if I have to, but like sometimes like if they're shooting going on, it depends on the scenario. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Every scenario is different. You can't hunt the same way from October mm -hmm. 1st to January. And some people don't understand it. Like sometimes it's just a feel thing. Like you just, 
you you know the property you can feel it like it's just it's, it's, it's almost an instinct in that and sometimes i explain to people you know about fishing like they're like you know why why do you pick this spot and i'm like i honestly don't really know it's just i feel like it's a good spot and most of the time it turns out it is so it's same same with hunting like a lot of times yeah there's a lot of things you can do to put you in that spot you know look at the land and you know read sign and whatnot but sometimes there is just that well there's a reason gut, that gut feeling yeah, there's yeah, a reason just, behind that gut feeling you just yep. don't know it yeah, yeah you're just exactly. sitting there and you're like it's called this experience is, this is it <laughs> yeah and you know and, I, and that's what makes it fun but how, I mean, hey, how, how long we've been going i said over an hour and a half that's a uh, long one we I probably, we I guess we pretty much bit. stayed all on hunting. I guess we'll have to bring you back for fishing. We'll do a oh, yeah. a separate. I could do more hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do more <laughs> hunting. We, we could just keep. Yeah, we'll do. You know, glad. Hopefully, you enjoyed the first time on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it was, was definitely fun. awesome Shoot. shooting the shit. And have yeah. we ever let somebody who was their first time on say it? I no. think so. I think uh, we have. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, but before we sign out, like I did want you to you know plug your uh, your Instagram, your YouTube, because like. I, I guess I didn't realize that you were the WLD. Like I, I, I know we follow you, you follow us, but I didn't. I never put a never put, put a face to the together. to the account. So if you want to just plug yourself real quick, yeah, give a little shout out to the listeners. <laughs> so uh, if you guys want to go check it out, uh, WLD period and then productions uh, on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you just search WLD period productions. Uh, maybe throw in PA hunting or something at the end. I'll like we, the first like we talked up. about earlier, there's some there's some good videos on there with the you know cop cop chase and I think his, I think his best <laughs> yeah. videos personally no hate. Some of his best videos are his hunting that videos, like seventy you know, k. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's so, really good. Yeah, yeah that's really I don't know how so I did it, but his hunting videos are you know pretty good and entertaining. It's pretty so, raw footage. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Three or so, four kill shots on there and yeah go, nice. go give them a look they're they're pretty good and maybe even we do a that collab can, or something that can, that can inspire us a little bit to, to start like, yeah. start putting our youtube channel together like yeah well yeah if i kill early or something or yeah vice versa um but yeah thanks again for joining us we'll yeah thanks buddy it's nice on. talking to yeah. you um good luck to everybody that's going to be by the time this releases it will be less than a week away from turkey season so let's make sure you guys are all getting outside